Did you say that the, that this has been grown in the north of England? Yeah, so we built that system for a farmer up in the northeast of England. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. no, no, leeks are well, surely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how, how dare they take that away from I knew you'd bring Absolutely. the Welsh the element thing. into it. Welcome to Tech Uncorked with your hosts, me, Sarah Jane Grattan, and me, Dean Anthony Grattan. In every episode, we take a fresh look at technology what's out there, what's new, and we break it down for you. We dispel the rumours, gossip and hype surrounding new technology and lift the lid, take a peek inside and really ask, what's going on here? We make it fun. So let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Tech Uncorked and today we're joined by Paul Wilson who's the Managing Director of Scorpion Vision. And they specialise in 3D machine vision and automation. So welcome Paul. Yes, welcome, Paul. Thank you, Sarah. Tell, tell, tell us, us about yourself. Tell us about you and, and, and the company, what you do and why. Okay, just very quick positive history of me then. So I, um, I started off my career in the Royal Air Force. I was uh, an avionics technician, um, really inspired by technology. Uh, I really loved what I did, enjoyed working on um, navigation systems and weapon aiming systems and all that kind of stuff. Left the Air Force, um, went to the oil and gas industry, worked on navigation systems there, doing pipeline surveys, undersea surveys with ROVs, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Worked a lot with camera technology, but I didn't really know anything about it then in those days. And of course, back in the 90s, it was mainly analog. Um, mm. And um, one day we had a, the company I was working in, we were introduced to a new technology, which was using frame grabbers. Um, and something at the time which was I'd never heard of, of parallel computing using um, can't remember the name of the technology now, but but um, uh, this was new to me, and um, we, they were frame grabbing. In hindsight, now it's obvious they were frame grabbing uh, from uh, on a digital link. Whereas yeah, before, so frame grabbing, just for people yeah. that don't quite understand what that is, can you can you explain? Yeah, people who steal yeah. TVs or something. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's right. So, so in the in the early nineties, when I was working in the oil and gas industry, you know, the ROVs would go down to the seabed or whatever they'd be doing underwater, and you'd have a TV feed up to the the what we call the ROV shack where the ROV guys sat, and that TV feed was on a, a coaxial connection. Um, so you'd have a, you know you could you could be down at a few hundred meters uh and the tv feed would come up through a, a coax cable um up to the surface to just literally uh a, 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 you know a, a coax connection on the back of a, a monitor a display yeah. so you'd have no control over that image or you you would just see a tv picture um if you're mm. serving a pipeline you'd be able to there was there was technology available which was over doing overlays onto the video feed and then you'd do a recording of that so so what would happen is you'd have a, a video recording of the tv display with the overlay and then some poor soul in the deep dark <laughs> depths of the ship had to sit there for hours and hours and hours on end reviewing the videos and and writing up the waypoints as oh, with certain events so, so that, that's the way it was done <laughs> but, yeah labor intensive yeah that's right and um yeah yeah boring for certain people they were called they were called data analysts i think they gave them a, a glamorous name it sounds <laughs> yeah. yeah. To do the job. yeah yeah <laughs> so anyway um so so i was involved with a technology company who um had uh had taken on this um 
frame grabbing technology. So what you instead of having coaxial cables, you probably still had coaxial cables. But what you were doing, you were you were taking the TV feed and feeding it directly into frame grabbers and digitizing. So effectively, mm -hmm. frame grabbers are digitizing way to digitize video and audio. Yeah. And so instead of actually having to record it on on VHS, it was it was being digitally recorded. But of mm. course. In those days, you didn't have that much, you know, storage was expensive, yeah, you know, hard drive gold, was, yeah. was, was small. So, so you had to be quite selective about what you did. But what it also allowed you to do was to actually um, analyze things with a computer because mm -hmm. you suddenly you had it digitized. So you were able to look at that video stream digitally and then, and then do something with it. So although I didn't know at the time, I was starting to see the beginnings of, of machine vision. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and as you, the analogy here, I think, is the digital twin, mm. because to take something that's analog or something that's um, physical in the real world, yeah. and to actually turn that into a digitized mm. form, mm. that's digital twin. Yeah, and, and yeah, of course, I suppose it is. Yeah, analysis software is something that um, Scorpion's very much involved in, and I guess that is the the evolution of. Um, of those only forms of um, image grabbing, isn't it really? It, it is. I, I, you know, I, it was, it was something completely new to me. I, I didn't really understand the, the benefits of it. Really, I hadn't, you know, hadn't had the, didn't have the foresight. But what, to finish off that particular story, the the guy who was working on on that and was from Norway, um, mm. and they. It, it, obviously, obviously in Norway, they've got a bit, very strong oil and gas technology industry. Um, or did have at the time, um, and uh, they were developing technology, and they had developed this um, parallel process, the image grabbing technology, um, and uh, it wasn't long before I was working for them. Oh! Um, <laughs> so then I was starting to install these systems on these survey ships across yeah. Scotland and further afield, uh, and uh, and I really got into it, and it was it was fascinating. Mm. So, um, to, so the next stage of my career was basically working then for i was in between jobs i left the oil and gas industry i was looking for something else to do the guy who'd introduced me to the um technology said come and look at what we're doing here and he joined this company called tordeval which is our effectively our technology provider our parent company and said look at what we're doing and they were developing something called scorpion vision software and uh, i thought well there's an opportunity so i set the business up in the uk scorpion oh, fantastic oh, wow. okay. fantastic so, and Something that really interests about um, the solutions that you provide is how they benefit the agricultural and food industries. Can you can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah. So one of the things that we because our our what we do is 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 primarily software based. Uh, we don't tend to use smart cameras or um, you know in machine vision you'll see uh, in a factory you'll see lots and lots of smart cameras doing all sorts of things uh, automatically mm -hmm. processing and sorting um, we can do all that with our software but we can do much much more because you know we've, we've access to you know multi-core parallel processing which take advantage of uh, very fast processing using both cpus and gpus um, and we can do an awful lot so one of the uh, things that we we, I think we led on, you know, 10 years ago was 3D vision. Mm. There weren't many people doing that. And we were one of the first companies to, to, to develop, to have, have systems out there, 3D vision for robots. Um, and we led the field a little bit in that. Um, but, but latterly, where we've really started to excel is in, is in using um, neural networks with the 3D. Mm. 
and that's sort of our it's sort of our USP now. It's something that we're we're very strong in, and we don't see many other people doing. So how how does that benefit mm. yeah, tell us more about veg- that. vegetables mm. or or food? It be- benefits food because we have an organic product, and you can't use traditional. You can use traditional machine vision with it, but it's 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 fraught with all sorts of problems. You 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 need to because if you look at if you if you're looking at um, decoring a brassica or something like that. There's no two brassicas are the same, are they? So that sounds very difficult. <laughs> Peeling your Brussels so, sprouts. Oh, yes. Ooh, uh, misses. Brussels sprouts, um, Swedes, yeah. lettuce, wow. uh, you yeah. name it. Um, if you if you have a so so cut cut straight to today then. So you have a pack house full of people, and I've seen pack houses of forty or fifty people where you're you're bringing in the harvest and they're being processed by people. So they're they're being the, the product, it could be Swede, products being tipped off a trailer onto a conveyor belt, and you've got lots and lots of people hacking away with, with blades, cutting Eesh. off the, you know, yeah. the topping and tailing. Yeah. And they have to wear armor. You know, these people yeah. wearing chain mail. So it's, you know, it's, it's not a nice job, is it? Cold environment, damp. Uh, so one of the, there's two issues there. One is very labor intensive, lots and lots of people. And secondly, um, it's not a nice environment and they, they can't get people. That's a known yeah, fact, yeah. isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, certainly yeah, in agriculture. Yeah, yeah. So we can automate that. Um, we automate it using 3D vision with AI. Um, we profile the vegetable and we then, once we profiled it, we can look for features of it using, um, using the neural network. So we, we tell the neural network what's what. And then once it's found it with a high level of confidence, it then does something to it. So it could be, and it could be a water blade trimming at the right point. Mm. It could be a robot applying a knife, mm. that kind of. And thing. of course, it's going to be more precise than having this done by humans. Um, I imagine yeah, that's correct. Yes, it is. Yeah. So um, we built a leak trimming system, which was using three D. And the it was a small it's a small leek grower up in the northeast of England, and um, he was very. I, I made the assumption that uh, it would be a perhaps a two or three millimeter precision requirement, you know, plus or minus two or three millimeters. Yeah, absolutely not, because um, oh, wow. you need to if you if you're trimming leek, if you cut it too short into the shaft of the leek, in you know into the main vegetable, mm. um, they they dry out and they telescope. Oh, You've probably seen it. Yeah. You can imagine, imagine if you do that. If you leave it in the fridge for a couple of days, it's, it dries out and it's not very nice. If you cut it too too short and you leave root on, the supermarkets won't accept that. The customers you know, wouldn't accept that. So the people cutting these are quite precise. They're, they're, they're trimming it on, on what they call the, the um, root uh, bowl. bowl. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so real, so real precision off- needed. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, sub, it's millimetric or submillimetric even. Oh, so we, we we find, providing the leak is washed, we find that stem plate very... But at the moment, everybody's panicking and it's going through the hype cycle of uh, AI. But what is mm. AI to you and the company? Mm. Uh, it's a in- really interesting question. And I think it's oft over- I overused, many, obviously. Mm. I beg your pardon? I have many interesting questions yeah okay <laughs> um when people talk about ai now and they think about chat gpt yeah they what they don't realize is they're they're, they're they're learning about generative ai so where where content is created on the fly whether images or text or even sound 
Um, and that's that's the that's the latest um, development, and, and you know that's where that's where all yeah. the development is being done at the moment. And um, you know, really interesting and exciting and, and frightening in some ways. Um, we're not using generative AI. We're using something that's been around for a long time, um, but it's never really been applied like it, like we're applying it. So we're we're just using a a, a plain old fashioned uh, convolutional neural network. Um, CNN. So we're 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 basically showing it. Um, we're showing it a feature, and we're highlighting something. We you know we're classifying it and we're highlighting it. Um, you know, simple in the simplest term. This is a cat. This is a dog. This is a mouse. Yeah. And, you okay. know. You, so does so so the old neural network does it learn? It learns. It doesn't. This is a, this is a mistake that people make. They think they think it's self learning, and it's not. We 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 train it. So people say to me, so it's going to get better over time. We say, no, no, it's not going to get better over time. What we have to do is tell us exactly what we want it to do. And it hopefully okay. we'll recognize those features that we want to recognize with a very high level uh, degree. Uh, of that's interesting. But can it adapt? I mean, the thing is, I mean, with artificial neural networks, mm. um, and, and of course, deep learning and uh, machine and deep learning, but, but in particular, deep learning, um, there are training data sets which yeah. are used to, like, like you say, um, that are used to help it learn so that it can learn on its own. So, so the way it works, so we're, I suppose what we're doing, it, ours is a very, very tiny snapshot of, 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 this, of this field, isn't it? You know, what we're doing is, is tiny. We're just applying a, a, a light touch of AI to what we do to make it perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when, we, when we're, and most of our work is in, is in fish, seafood and vegetables now for us it's probably early days really i mean although we've been doing this for a few years now what we're doing is we're taking a, a customer's product and that product you know it'll be one production line of one product leeks lettuce you know fish seafood and that product never changes because that production line is always doing the same thing so we have a we, we build up a data set of images and we we train that into our system so we you know we, we collect hundreds of images um and then we 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 uh, categorize them and we label them. We feed it into our neural model, and our neural model processes it and then produces a, a score based on confidence. And then we, once we're happy with that, we we apply it to the system. So that's a one-off. It's a one-off use of a neural network to make the system perfect. Mm. So mm. so you know we we we're, we're installing um, visual processing lines now, whereby um you know we're doing multiple we're doing the same vegetable but in different parts of the country in different countries as well so you know we've got systems in the uk systems in france and the vegetable de varies depending on the climate obviously yeah, um and yeah. so we do a data set for lettuce in the uk and um it, we train it we finish it it's a high score and it works really well we do the same thing we transport, we, we, we mobilize the whole system all over again in another country. And the products, slightly, although to the human eye it looks the same, it's actually different. If you look closer, you, mm. you see differences. So, so we have to do the training all over again. So what I'm saying is we, we're building up that massive data sets of images of these, of these products. And one day we'll probably be able to use them. Um, it's like deep learning because if it is, you're isn't it? setting, yeah, if you're setting a, a, a a different data sets for different products in different countries or well, mm. for the same products but looking differently and and your system is 
able to recognize it being different and, and it learns from that. Well, that's deep learning. That's, yes, it that is, isn't is it? Artificial yeah. intelligence. It's a, yeah, yeah. And you know, the more that we do it, the more I can see it. So, so I was very naive and ignorant to all this at the beginning. So when we started, our fir- very first vegetable processing system was trimming sprouts with robots mm. and water blades. Mm. And that, that, when they first said to me, we want to locate the stem on a sprout and then cut it off, I thought that's easy because a, a sprout is like a, a shape of a light bulb, isn't it? It's obvious mm. where that is. Mm. Uh-uh. Um, <laughs> that, that, that's the case sometimes. Sometimes it isn't. It depends yeah. on where in the world the sprout has been grown, uh, what, what variety it is, yeah. uh, what the weather's like. So, so the English sprout, there's a particular um, variety called the English sprout, which is very, very round. You can only tell where the stem is. Either it's something that's jutting out or, or, or usually not, and it's a slightly different color. And you can see, see by the leaf pattern uh, where the stem is. So that's one challenge. The, 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 the particular processing packhouse that was processing these Brussels sprouts, um, this one's in Scotland, was in uh, some parts of the year. They weren't being grown locally. They were importing product from, from Morocco. And the Moroccan sprouts were like light bulbs. So they were quite yeah. easy oh, to process. So they were easier, yeah. So they, and also the way that you present the the product to the camera as well is is if it's if it's shaped like a light bulb, you know, it'll rotate in the in the in the feeding mechanism that feeds it under the camera, and it will lie one way or the other, as you can imagine. Mm. Yeah. So that it's quite easy to identify the stem and tell it where tell the robot where to cut it. If it's round, you've got to pick it up and look at it. Yeah. and rotate it so there are different challenges for different products so it, it, although it's the same same it's the same vegetable um it's a completely different application so we had to build all that in and of course as we were doing that we're collecting thousands and thousands of images so a massive data set and at the time i didn't really know what what deep learning was or what you know what the value of these data sets as you go yeah. through the seasons you you know you have your winter crop your spring crop your summer crop you've got your rainy crops you've got your dry crops you've got crops grown in difficult ground and you've got your imported crops. So it's more than four seasons. It's, it's a whole variety of different product types and varieties that you have to train into the system. And you do that over time. Do, of course, do you now think I realize that. Bored? What's that? Do you think robots get bored? Doing the, you know, the constant I think that's why they're so valuable because they don't get bored. I don't know. They don't go I mean, to the I think that's one of one of the advantages, isn't it, Paul? That's right. They don't go to the toilet. They don't go on strike. They, they don't. They, they don't, don't take do the fag break or tea break. Absolutely. No, no, no. Lots of advantages. So, with, with that in mind, I mean, do you think more and more um, processing factories are now looking to incorporate robotics into their trimming, their selection processes? Yeah, I, I, there's, I think there's a lot. Of, well, we know, don't we, that there's a lot of money being thrown at agritech, and um, it, but a lot of it seems to be in the field harvesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that's an area we've not. I've sort of stayed away from because I know that other people are doing it. Uh, but we have we have a technology which is easy and ready to use in the pack house. So if you have a vegetable and you want to do something with it, we've we've got almost off the shelf 3d technology with ai so it's um it's quite easy to apply what we do the the, the challenge for our customers to understand that it takes sometimes takes 18 months before the system is ready to be really you know before it can be really efficient 
because you've yeah, got to so train, it's not something it they can call you up and then next week it's Correct. it's working in their pack house. Yeah, it's um, I guess it's a learning process, isn't it? It certainly is. Yeah, and communicating a deep that learning process, a deep, a learning, deep learning. learning process, <laughs> both yeah. the human and the robot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, because it's a change in work culture. It's a change, any change in you know the way things are done, yes. um, can be quite controversial because there's always the staff issue. Of course, but you know, ultimately, precision is where it's at, and um, precision is what Scorpion do so well. So precision think, and repe- repeatability. That's repeatability. That's key. Repeatability yeah, is really important. Repeatability. Yeah. I love it. Repeatability without complaint, as you say. Yeah, yeah, love it. Love it, Paul. Thank you so so much for being our guest today. It's been really insightful. I had no idea of the precision needed to trim a leaf. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Grown in the north of next, England, time, next time you're prepare, preparing in the kitchen you'll have a think about that won't you i will have a think about it and every sprout <laughs> i lift up and examine i'll think of you paul <laughs> <laughs>